This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello and welcome to episode 372 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk... Filmmaking. From indie film to studio films to... High-end TV and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to... Royally F them up. In our very Christmassy humble opinion. <laughs> humble. <laughs> how are you all? Hope everyone is super well, because today on the episode, we have Christmas movie uh, and real family favourite movie, The Family Plan. Starring Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Monaghan. And it is directed by Simon <laughs> Kethelen Jones. Um, and he joins myself and Dom to chat about his film, The Family Plan. There we go. And what do we talk about with Simon? We talk about some pretty, pretty jolly things. Uh, we talk mm. about getting that first break in the mailroom at 20th Century Fox. What a classic uh, film film uh, beginnings. Uh, we talk about working at the BBC and using them as a springboard later to sell his short film. And how he made his debut feature film starring Daniel Craig, David Morrissey and Kelly MacDonald. He talks about working with Mark Wahlberg on The Family Plan. What it's like directing actors. Um, he gives you some great advice about that. How do you make action work? storyboarding, action sequences. He dives into all that and what to do when things go wrong. Um, He also gives you some amazing advice and some amazing bad advice to avoid. Mm. Um, Simon Ketterlin-Jones is the director of TV series such as Jessica Jones, Shooter, The Expanse, Years and Years, Ballers, C, The Diplomat, and films including... The Family Plan. Some (laughs) voice... (laughs) and some voices which dom already mentioned the one and only and he's directed the up-and-coming arthur and the king which also stars mark Wahlberg and a dog and a fluffy friend natalie emmanuel also stars in the movie as well um she's neither of those things she's neither of those things but the film looks amazing but really we were here to talk about the family plan which is full of shenanigans it really is it's about a former top assassin who's living incognito as a suburban dad and then he must take his unsuspecting family on the run when his past catches up to him little do they know that they are on the run little do they know uh, and it's wonderful i really enjoyed it yeah no yeah. It's, it's great i mean it's uh yeah i mean th- those those two are just uh, such a classic combo as well like mark Wahlberg and michelle monaghan i mean they're they're just very likable character actors uh they're just yes they've got a lot of presence they, they make funny silly stuff 
very you know relatable and believable um and they you know they, they make they're, they're great actually for this this kind of movie they just they really sell it they really do and the kids are great as well the kids are fantastic we're not kidding we're, no we're not it's out, it is out on apple tv plus right now um it's really fun really fun um we also talked about cows and how his dad was a director by the way so that's fun but not a cow no no <laughs> I'm Giles Alderson, and you are... Tom (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I had some exciting news this week. We've announced... Is there a new Giles Alderson vehicle hitting our screens? Yes, there is. (laughs) Uh, It's a a documentary (laughs) I produced under our um, production company Shush Films with Jack Spring, and he directed this uh, documentary all about Grimsby Town Football Mm. Club and their rise from the National League to the Football League, Um, and it is getting a cinema release, and that's really exciting, on January the 5th. So if you like football and you're anywhere near Grimsby, mm. come along. Or Tickets cow. are available right now. We've already sold out one screen. Have you um, And yeah, and I think the next one will be sold out by the time you hear this. So we'll be on to our third screen for the premiere. Uh, and then it's on all week as well. Outrageous. Up there at Parkway Cinema in Cleethorpes. Link to that will be in the show notes. Yeah. How exciting. How are you, Dom? I'm pretty good, yeah. Yeah. I've just uh, been surviving the 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 award season i mean it's it's, it's you've been surviving it's, the award season yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how come it's what it's, it's like you know you, you you blink you blink in like october and then you mm. you open your eyes again and it's like it's basically and christmas all those oscars uh, yeah, raining down on you exactly baftas but it, yeah it, it last like two three months it's just been like you know almost every day there's been podcasts or award season films mm. and and I love it yeah. you know I absolutely love it you know going to the, the you know the screenings and the premieres and the after fart uh, after parties after parties after parties uh, yeah Artie Farty had a party yeah, Dom exactly. Lamar was there yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tutti Fruity did a beauty and yeah. Dom went out there yeah. yep there we are that's a good little rhyme that was unexpected <laughs> but uh, you know impressed yeah yeah, it was, it was, it's been nice. You know, met met some uh, met some cool people. Met uh, Bradley Cooper and George uh, George Clooney, amongst many other wonderful people. Um, yes. So yes, it's been it's been a nice little it's been a nice little season. But it's uh, it, it is quite all encompassing. So it's 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 great fun. But it's like also you know you get into the new year and it's you can sort of focus on other things for a while, which is which is great. But I mean, we've done yeah. some incredible episodes. Like most of them haven't even landed yet. Um, but yes, let's go through them. Let's. Yeah. So we have got um, War Epic One Life. Yes, starring Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Who did you speak to for One Life? I spoke to the fabulous director, James Hawes. Ooh, that's going to be great. I can't wait to see that. It's actually a One Life and slow horses special we did about a third on um slow horses as well so it's a it's a really really good episode very cool very cool i can't wait to edit it and you've done some exciting ones as well i have yeah i have i did um i did the society of the snows j.a boyana um who's the director not only of the lord of the rings series um but also of the impossible and he is back with the society of the snow uh next year so that one's coming out next year we've also got oppenheimer the lady which we've been promote for a while but we've decided to move this until january um just because uh, opodheimer exactly and then you did another solo special with the boys in the boat uh producer oh yeah grant hesloff 
I was gutted I, I couldn't know. sit in with you with this one. Um, oh, oh, it was lovely. It yeah. was lovely. So, we've got some amazing episodes coming up for you in the new year. How bloody exciting. And then next week, which is Boxing Day, we're going to put out a Christmas special, a Christmas quiz mm. with all the hosts doing our wonderful mm. uh, Christmas quiz and talking about filmmaking and the year and what's going to happen well, next not, year. Not all the hosts. Half of them can't make it. Yeah, a lot of them can't make it. I'm busy. I, I, I forgot to put the email out. So that should be fun. That should be exciting. That should be, yeah. It should be. And if you have any questions for us mm-hmm. for the episode, any question you'd like for us, we will... Ask it on the podcast. And in fact, I must put a tweet out. moisturising regime, for instance? Yes, yes. It's a big one. What does Dom like to do just before he goes to bed? Things like that. Really important filmmaking question. A bit of lavender, lavender spray and a, and a blankie. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gets you through the night. Whatever gets exactly, you through the night. Exactly. Speaking of which, get something else to do. Uh, the family plan. Let's get back to that one. This is... Simon Kethlan Jones, um, who has been nominated for a BAFTA, by the way, for his debut, Some Voices, uh, which we do talk about in the episode. It's a classic. It's going to be brilliant. It is. So sit back, Bonfield relax, uh, and have fun with, as myself, Joselson, and you, Dom Lenoir, chat with Simon Kethlan Jones. And have an unreasonably relaxing and joyous Christmas. Yes, of course. Hey, look out in this episode for cows, leeks, and pigeons. Oh, yes. Mm. Have fun. Hey, hello, hello. Hi, hi. Hey. How are we doing? Very good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Where, where are you? Um, North London. Similar. North, northwest London. I'm in, I'm in Somerset. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I was going to say, do you get back now and again? Yeah, no, I live in I live in England. I work in America pretty much the whole time, but I, oh. I live here. It's nice to have that sort of charming English place to sort of return to when the <laughs> between the jobs. There is something like relaxing about England. I think, like, you know, America is amazing and it's positive, but there's a you know there's that energy, isn't there? Yeah, no, it's I'm I'm surrounded by farmers and cows. <laughs> I mean, do you prefer, do you like, because this is something we've talked about a bit, you know, what, your mental cows? health. Yeah, cows. <laughs> <laughs> fields. We often talk um, about cows. Often yeah. talk about cows on this podcast. No, in terms of the, what's good for your mental health. And sometimes when you're in, you know, you're in London or you're in places, you, you get bogged down in the kind of everyday life of I must be doing something. I must, you know, create. Uh, though sometimes when you live away. Uh, and you are surrounded by cows and fields, it can be much better for your brain. Is that how you feel? Is that why you moved there? Will you always live there? Uh, I think it probably is. Um, I, my wife is American, but she lives here. Mm-hmm. And I've got my children, uh, obviously half American. But we all live, we live just, just we, can, we can hear the Glastonbury Festival when it's on. Um, <laughs> but when I'm away, um, it's, I have a super cool job, which I absolutely love. But it's mm. kind of, a, it's a bit mad and intense, and B, it's sort of, I wouldn't say it's lonely, but you're sort of in this very nice house by yourself, working yep. out what to do tomorrow, and you're going, mm. oh, I'm sure I have got friends, but they're not here. Um, the, the cows are your friends now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coming, coming home and looking at my sort of, I've got a pond and I've got a little sort of patch of meadow and stuff like that. You know, it's not, it's not um, you know, Brideshead Revisited, but it's nice. Um, mm. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, if only it was a bit sunnier, but even so, I, mm. I, I love coming home. 
Yeah, that is nice. Uh, yeah, th- I suppose the other side of that, it must be nice to dip into America, to dip it, to, to go, hey, I'm popping by. Hi, guys, I'm I'm creating a TV show here or a huge feature film. And then I'm popping back. That that also must be kind of nice. It is, it is brilliant. I, I sort of bizarre. I'm very, very English or British or whatever. Mm. I kind of love America. And it's not, not yeah, just because my wife's American. Um, I did, I've worked for years in England on, you know, good quality TV stuff. And then I, then I started, I worked with this guy called David Simon, who I love, who did a okay. show called Generation Hill, which was a, yes. one of those Iraq war things. Mm. And I went up to Africa and suddenly I'm going, oh my God, they're, they're spending $10 million an episode on this. That's rather <laughs> ambitious. And, That's rather nice. You know, <laughs> having done whatever I've been doing, you know, episodes mm-hmm. of Cracker or yeah, exactly. years and years or whatever. I, I loved him and I loved it and I loved the ambition of the Americans. Mm. And then then he offered me another job on another thing he did called Chimay. And then I mm. sort of started working in America. And, you know, you start working with amazing actors and suddenly I'm doing something with Steve Buscemi and Michael Shannon. And then the next mm. thing's got Jeremy Irons in it. And, then, you know, it's sort of mad. And it's TV, mm. not films. Mm-hmm. But it was brilliant. And I loved it. Um, so, you know, and then, and then bizarrely, you know, I was, I had a, a respectable TV career and then for some reason, I'm not quite sure why I'm doing this large budget movie, actually. <laughs> feel, feels <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, you know, I'm old, so I'm, so I sort of deserve it in one way, but yeah, yeah, you deserve it. yeah. yeah you know, you've earned it. You work with good actors. You've, you've done your, yeah. you've done your time in the trenches. So, so why not? Well, exactly. Exactly. I have paid my dues. You um, definitely have. Are you Welsh? It, Obviously, with Kathleen Jones as your yes, I am. My dad was born in Swansea, uh, and he's dead now, but he was very proud of it. And he made me wear a leek or a daffodil on St David's Day to school. Just, just that, or were we still in the? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it was, it was, it was just this side of trauma. I got to say, given the choice, wear a daffodil, not a leek. Yes, yes, I'll take a leek. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what made you want to get into film? Because you were a production manager for a bit, or you certainly worked in production, you know, a floor manager, you were an actor a little bit. Yeah. What made you yeah. get into that world? Well, two two things. First of all, my dad was a director, um, but that's, in a way, that's sort of not really what, like, so I was sort of around actors and things, you know, in, in our in our house. But I also did quite badly at school. So I couldn't go to university, so mm. I had no career path available to me. Mm-hmm. I was never going to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. So I was sort of slightly dossing about going, oh, fuck, what am I going to do, uh, aged 18 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I got a, got a, a really shitty job um, at 20th Century Fox um, in Soho Square. Yep. Um, in the mail, literally in the mailroom. Wow. Which I'm actually secretly quite proud of because it wow, was I'm, proper. That's cool. The, Changing the towels in the ladies' lavatory, it's delivering posts. It was none of that sort of intern in a bank in the city of London or anything like that. It was like, <laughs> um, it was a crap job, really, really crap job. But I sort of, sort of spent my time. They had a, they had a fantastic screening theatre there, yeah, and I just there. watched films all day instead of doing my job. Perfect. 
So, so no, it was no, actually, no one got any posts. <laughs> no towels. No, no there were no incidents actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get fired, but but you know, there were questions about the post. And, and were you were you kind of networking at that time? Were you slowly building up those kind of connections to um, ban that knowledge as well as just working at Twentieth Century Fox? No, no, I was too stupid or naive or whatever to be sort of <laughs> developing a right. base or or whatever um so i was just watching films and not delivering post and then sort of going out with my friends or whatever mm-hmm. and then you know somebody who i'd met in the um at the place was looking for a runner on a on a tv show mm-hmm. that was another shitty job but it was a fun job and then I was work, actually working on a set. So you were you were accidentally networking by by way of just being being at the, uh, exactly. the studio. Yeah, exactly. It's it's networking by making people cups of tea. Yeah, Every nice. time I make a cup of tea, that's a, that's a contact. And fr- from there, how did you like sort of move into actual production then? Because it is kind of different. It's a totally different world sometimes, isn't it? When you're in working it's... in a studio, and then you go, actually, I want to be on set. Well, it is. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, I was sort of, I was more in the production office, but, mm-hmm. you know, again, in, instead of sorting the posts, I was doing photocopying. Uh, so I, I was very, very good at photocopying for quite <laughs> a large part of my life. They were different colors of paper, wow. you know, binding, yeah. stapling, all of that. Not, not a problem. Yeah, you're good um, at that. Better than the towels. Yeah, good. You know, that's... Uh, Through the talent on that one. Worth, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, oh, and then I did. Then I got one of the people on that. I worked on this amazing film that was sort of not the greatest film in the world, but it was kind of cool, called 1984. Oh, yeah, which was with oh, yeah. John Hurt and Richard. It's, it's an amazing film. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, classic. Yeah, cult classic by Michael Radford. Mm-hmm. John Hurt, Michael Radford was the director, and I was the runner on that. And then you know, suddenly I'm going, oh, okay, this is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, Richard Brown, uh, Richard Burton called me Simon one day, which is still like it's the first wow. one for the memoir. Mm. Well, yeah, I think someone have told him who I was, but anyway, he, he used my name. So anyway, you know, and and Roger Deakins was the DP, so it was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, some of these people are quite serious about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah. so yeah, so that that's when I started to, to go. Maybe you should stop being some sort of bored unengaged teenager and, and start getting excited about something right. and then and then how did you go from runner into into sort of specializing like how did that leap because it, it can well, be difficult to actually get out of the runner sort of yes the runner trench it's, it's really hard and do you know what i think it's even harder now but mm. i went i got a job and i i'd applied a couple of times and hadn't got it but then i finally again i had a big piece of luck um they needed an assistant location manager on a BBC TV show, which was, you know, it was made in the Stone Age, but it was a brilliant TV show called Edge of Darkness, which was a, at the time oh, was yeah. a very famous yeah. BAFTA winning this, that, the other, directed by a guy called Martin Campbell. Yes, James Bond director. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. BBC, you know, that they, in those days, they put you on training courses, that apparently the only way of getting fired from the BBC was either to, to be caught having sex on the premises or to be caught not having a TV last. Mm, Those are the only two ways okay. to get fired. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I worked on... And you evaded both. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, yeah, I was yeah. I was never caught. Well, you never caught. Never caught. <laughs> We're not saying which one. <laughs> Multiple deniability. Mm, exactly, exactly. But then you went on to Howard's Way, you say. You started um, to work on Howard's Way. 
Howard's Way, which is this yes. sort of drama about boats. Yeah, I used to love it. Yeah, it was so I mean, silly. Yeah. Come on, it's fun. I loved the BBC. I thought it was I thought it was a fantastic place. And it was sort mm. of a, it was very stuffy and obviously it was it was pretty white and it was a middle class. Mm, you yep. definitely uh, some things to fix. But it was genuinely trying to make good good films and and it wasn't as it wasn't super posh. And it was really a good training ground. And then finally, after when I was I was still quite young, when I was like twenty five or something, I th- I was getting a mortgage as you could in those days. As like like people my age, people that age now, not a chance. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I borrowed a bit more money than than the house cost, or uh, and uh, I made a film, made a half hour film, which Brilliant. is in those days you you would do it on film. It was mm. really expensive. Mm. You know, a roll of films like. I don't know, 60 quid or whatever. And yes. Uh, if you do another take, 20 quid every time. Mm. Was that pulling in like favors from the sort of the people you'd met at the BBC? Um, oh, totally. uh, yeah. But you were f- sort of funding it to a degree with income well, and pocket it was, money. It was and... expensive. No one, no one got paid. Um, they were all doing it for experience and stuff. Um, but, you know, the, the film processing. That I think where I got a, I got a, I pulled in a lot of famous got free equipment and stuff like that. But even so, mm. it costs thousands. It costs more than I could afford. And wow. uh, and, I, and I sold it to the BBC for half what it cost me. The bastards. Um, mm. But you know, they, at least they bought it. Yeah. It was like, like one of those little short jobs. It was it was and, it um, was it oranges and lemons, Simon. Was this? The one you produced, or was it? No, no, that was no, that was that was one of the ones I produced, which I, mm. that was directed by a director David called David Yates. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, me, of course. David Yates. You David, made him, Yates. Was, me and somebody else made him what he is. Just, I well, yeah, <laughs> it was his first job, I think. Wow, that's, his a, first that's job. a good claim to that. Yeah, yeah, very good. And okay. I saw him at an award ceremony a while ago, and he and he came out and said, "Hello, oh, yo, you gave me my first job." So that was good. He's that's he's, lovely, he's nice. doing well. He's, he's doing all right. Um, he's doing all right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so anyway, what was, so what was your um, short called? It was called "Looking After Number One." Okay. With the, it had a brilliant actor called Alan Armstrong in it, who's still around. Yes. Um yeah. And he played a pigeon fancier whose yep. prize pigeon fell through the chimney of the woman next door's house, and he went in and. Uh, dug it out of her fireplace and started a relationship with her, and it was all a bit weird, mad. And he was he was quite quite a crazy person. Brilliant. Um, and it all it all ended a bit badly. I would tell you badly for the pigeon or, or badly for everyone. Badly for the pigeon, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and, and emotionally, rather people. <laughs> so, so was this was this then your? I mean, I, I suppose this was your first sort of real foray into directing. Um, yeah, I mean, w- w- did you feel like at that point you had a good grasp of storytelling, working with actors, how a camera worked, or, or was this like a steep learning curve at this point? Totally, it was a vertical learning mm. curve. Um, absolutely, like that. It was, you know, I uh, um, had a, a a script that um, a guy called Ben Rostel wrote, um, and it was kind of fun. It's a half hour long thing, three actors, one pigeon. Uh, filmed in Totteridge or somewhere in North London, anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, with a lot of with a lot of pigeon work, 
there were pigeons. There was, there was quite obscure. The, the pigeons called tumbler pigeons. They don't race from A to B. Uh-huh. You let them out and fly, and then they fall through the air and spin. And just before they hit the ground, they recover. I don't. There's all sorts of theories about why they do it. And then they fly again, and you win a competition by your bird being a tumbler pigeon in the most elegant form. It's beats wow. me. I mean, I'm, I met a lot of these people, and they were very nice, but I'm going, why? But they loved yeah. it. Why? Okay. Um, you know, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, so, so that was uh, – and then I'll tell you, there's a terrible thing. A terrible thing happened that was kind of good in a way. My film was bought by the BBC, and it was going to be on at 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I thought, oh, well, no one's going to see it. And then Samuel Beckett died, right. the famous uh, playwright. And yeah. they they cleared the schedules because they had to do a sort of big thing on him. So my film got scooped. And they said, oh, we're really sorry. We're going to put it out on Thursday night at 9 o'clock um, huh? on BBC Two, which was wow. like, Wow. Oh my god! Um, oh, wow, and and they did, and it was great. Got good reviews, and um, I was just on the BBC Directors Course, and then I, I got a job on the bill straight away. Wow! So you didn't get you didn't get pigeonholed. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he going to be like this for the whole time? Yes, mate. He's like this for the whole podcast. This the whole. We're going to try and get you back. That was, yeah. that was such a good one, though. Yeah. It was a really good one. <laughs> Have you been okay. holding on to it for a little while? Yeah, I, I was. That's what I was thinking like this. There's, there's not going to be an opening, but but you, you gave me something good there. That is brilliant. That is the heart of the podcast. Is the it? heart of the podcast? Sadly, I, mean, I, I used to I used to watch the bill. I mean, that was like my oh, before after school. You'd, you'd have your dinner and then you'd watch the yeah. bill, and, and it would be like, well, we can stay up to watch the bill. I mean, what was it like jumping into you know from your own sh- sort of film that you've done yourself and you've done this vertical learning curve to something that's very well established? very well loved uh, i mean that must have been quite a big leap and you're going into the tv space as well so and what were some yeah. of the key, key things you learned from that it was it was brilliant um they were really you know they 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 like to take risks on directors which was was brave of them not everyone did and i did two episodes and the first one went really well uh-huh. and i was like not the hero but they were, wow this kid is brilliant okay. and stuff so that was great then the second one I remember I I wrapped half an hour late on the first day of the second one. Mm. I went, oh, well, you know, there you go. And then I went back to the offices and I was called into the executive producer's mm-hmm. office. And he said, what the hell do you think you're paying at going half an hour late? Wow. And I went, oh, uh, it, was, it was really scary, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I said, I'm terribly sorry. I said, he said, don't ever let that happen again. Wow. And and I didn't. But it was like, you know, it's a bit of real world. Yeah. You? you know, you're some idealistic kid. Yeah. And the truth is, it is about money and stuff like that. So he was, he was, I, I sort of respected him for it, actually, this guy. Mm. I forgot, God, I've got his name. But he was, he was the big mm-hmm. boss of the bill. And he was a former naval commander or something like right. that um and you know uh it was a bit of a, a bit of a shocker but it was kind of cool as well yeah yeah uh, learning some real, really life. some real life that you know he was like well like, you don't know this cost me a lot of money this is you know don't do it. and and it's true right. it's that kind of respect yeah. straight away you go oh i can't just 
mess around this is very serious so you went you went from there you did bill then you did quite a few other um tv shows like medics uh cracker as you mentioned our friends in the north which is probably where you met daniel craig i imagine for the first time um because it wasn't long after that that you made your debut movie which was um bafta nominated for you as best newcomer yeah yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's great that I mean, it's you know, it's a slightly obscure film about schizophrenia shot in Hammersmith and Shepherd's mm-hmm. Bush, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, I I love it. I mean, it's I, I as you as you say, I'd worked with Daniel. I, I was already pretty good friends with Daniel because we spent a year together doing this thing, our friends yeah. in the north. Uh, and then he was obviously uh, the the project came to me from a writer called Joe Pennell. He's, he's still oh, he's writing a big a, big theatre um, uh, writer. And yeah, it was, it's great. Yeah, and it was a big theatre. It was a big theatre yeah. play at the at the World. We had some voices, um, yeah. And so, Daniel, Daniel was just great. I mean, he's very, very. I haven't worked with him. I see, I still see him a lot, but I haven't worked with him for ages. But he's he's very fun to work with. He's very good. He's not an asshole. Mm-hmm. He's very instinctive. And you know, I had to do things like persuade him to be naked on the Goldhawk Road. Yeah, and things like things that. Like that yeah, you yeah. Know, for, which he did. Yeah. Yep. You know, there were buses going past shouting, shouting about his willy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a Sunday morning. Game. Yeah, he's game. Yeah. <laughs> what was the difference between directing TV and then suddenly directing, you know, a feature here? Because cool. this is produced by Damien Jones, who I, I know now as well. He's still That's producing, it. still making moves. No relation. I he's, yeah, he's fantastic. No, 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 um, he's not. Um, well, it's, I mean, it was, it was exciting because, you know, you've, I've got to say, I did love Our Friends in the North. I didn't do the whole thing, although I, I was furious when they only offered me the second half of it. Absolutely outraged. <laughs> really? But, you know, I was I was very glad I did it. Um, and, yeah. yeah, the film thing, I mean, it was, it was it was low budget, but it was a movie. Mm-hmm. It was like yep. filming out, out on the streets uh, with a really good act, a couple of really good actors, and Kelly McDonald was in it, who I love. Who was brilliant? Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Peter McDonald, yeah. who I've worked with on the Damned United. Who right, else? Right, right, right. David Morrissey. Yeah. You know, amazing, amazing uh, people. Classic. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, it's. I mean, it's a different. It's a different deal. I think you know that in a movie, whichever way you look at it, the the director has not so much more power, but more blameability. I think you know more more mm-hmm. responsibility <laughs> or. You know, you fucked it up. Yeah. You screwed it up completely. So how do we how do we get from from TV and film in the bag um, off to the sort of transition to America and, and then maybe sticking out there? Well, I don't know. I mean, I sort of said I got this job that was made by a, a British company um, called Generation Kill, but it was written by David Simon. Mm. And, well, he was he was the main writer, and that was that was a that was a bit of an eye opener for me because the, you know. The BBC, I love, and I, I will never deeply criticise it, but it's it's a small arena in a way, and and Britain, yeah. Britain is a little, little that they make them some of the most amazing things. But I think it's, it's in, in Britain, I find the directors have a little bit less clout in in the TV world. In in America, mm. the writer, the showrunners of TV shows will be the bosses, and I think that's good mm. and fine. But the director's mm. great union, um, and we're sort of kind of looked after, whereas I think they get slightly forgotten in, in, the, BBC, in the TV world. So mm. I just sort of drifted over to America and got work there. Mm. 
mm. and loved it. Yeah. And so I spent probably even now I probably spend half my life living in hotels in America. In America. And the film I've just done now, it's like I've, as I, I think I was saying it before, I've got no idea why anyone would ask me to do a film that cost a hundred and something million dollars. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I did have imposter syndrome for, for a bit. Which is interesting that you still have imposter syndrome after your amazing career and what you've you've achieved. You know, some amazing TV in there as well, which we've sort of glossed over, but we'll do it in the intro as well. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. Maybe we'll come back to it. But in terms of, you, you know, the family plan is fun, fantastic, brilliant action sequences. Mm. I, I really enjoyed this movie. It's really fun. Yeah. It's my kind of movie. Just go, oh, great. I can watch this and not worry. Um, yeah. But you said there you were, you know, you're surprised in a way. I imagine you're playing it down a very British way that we do, but at the same time, you, you hadn't made a movie for a little while um, since uh, the one and only uh, just in right. 2002, I think. So but because of that, you know, obviously all this telly and everyone, it's fine now to move from telly into film. It's great that that is happening. Did you have to pitch for the family plan? Did you have, did they come to you? Talk us through that process. Yes, the both. Mm. But what, funnily enough, what happened was I, before that, Sort of two years ago, I made another film with Mike Wahlberg, a smaller film, still a movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. called Arthur the King, which is a which is a dog movie. It's a film about yeah, okay. yes. some endurance runners who come across this dog in the jungle, literally in the jungle. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of a cool film, actually, and, and a really good story. So that was one of those COVID films. And bluntly, I think what happened was that the director they had fell out because they had to change some dates or something like that. So they had Mark Wall, mm. they had the movie set up, and they're going, shit, what are we going to do? We've got no director. And then Mark's mm. producing partner, someone I've worked with a few times, this guy called Stephen Levinson. So so they just rang me up and said, oh, do you want a pitch for this? And I went, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I had literally, I had to, I think I had 12 hours to read the script and come up with a pitch. And suddenly I was talking to the, she's the head of Paramount on a Sunday and various people. And I'm going, wow. oh my God, what's, and, and, but I, I'm not going that. I'm going, hey, I, I, this is fine. I understand exactly how to make this. I'm really clear. Uh, I'm yeah. lying through my teeth. Yeah. Did you, did you do like a visual pitch or, or, or was it more like verbal, you know, just talking through what you would do with it? A bit of confidence there, I'm imagining. No, it was because I, I didn't have time to get pic- uh, visuals together. So I just. Yes, sure. Yeah, I just. Talked it through. I tried to sound both sophisticated and man of the people and very sort of, uh, you know, you've got to be careful because you want to tell them what they want to hear, but you don't want to tell them any old shit because then you'll have to back it up and do it. And you, you mm, want to, yeah, well, you want to make, but you also want to respect the people you're working with, obviously. So, um, but it was, it was a, it was a good script. And also, Mark, who I didn't at the time know, I'd spoken to him on the phone and met him a few times, but I didn't really know him. You know, he was kind of game for me to do it. Um, and so that worked out. And, yeah. and uh, we went in, in the whole COVID thing. I went to the Dominican Republic, which yep. um, which I've been to, which is an amazing place. And, you know, I think we had seven or eight weeks to shoot a film. And mm-hmm. it was great. And the thing I found most was that um, Mark Wahlberg is fucking brilliant to work with. Right. I mean, he oh, just I know really? you're going to be polite about your star, but he's just no, fucking no. It's fantastic. He's really nice. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Yep, very he's good. got that peripheral vision. He can walk onto a film set and understand every dynamic instantly. 
great. Uh, mm. He's very prepared. Mm-hmm. He's really nice to the other actors. He's really nice to the crew. Very nice to the director. Um, and I think that, that helps. Yeah, it really, really helps. And that, the cameraman I worked with, him, the cameraman gave me a lot of good tips. He said, listen, if you know what you're doing and don't fuck about, that's mm-hmm. a good start. Uh, okay, yeah, good. It's good. <laughs> good. <laughs> you know. Top advice there. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the rehearsal sort of process or or discussing character that you went into with Mark on on that project? Like, how did you prepare from an actor standpoint? Well, it was it was. I went to see. He was renting a house at the time in the Dominican Republic. Um, before you know, for some reason, he was there before the shoot in this lovely house and. Uh, we turned up and he, he said, oh, should we go swimming? So I said, yeah, okay. So we went swimming and then we had a right. nice lunch. Classic yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We sort of chatted a bit about the film, but not very much. And we chatted about, you know, uh, COVID and people. He's got, he's, he had a couple of his friends there. And he was just very easy to be with. And then we did have some rehearsals with the, with the actors. Um, and they were really nice. We were very relaxed. And he, we, they were quite informal. And he was welcoming to the other actors they were all probably a tiny bit nervous but didn't need to be mm-hmm. and uh I, you know the, as i say this is the first time i this is the run-up to the film i've just done mm-hmm. so it, it kind of went great because he was brilliant um and i did do a little bit of homework and i did try and have my shit together which was <laughs> as, as you say very good yeah, I'm sure you sure you did. That that film also stars Natalie Emmanuel. It, it it's yeah. not out yet. Is that correct or is it out? I'm a bit coming out in January. I think right. it's going to be in theaters. January 19, maybe. I think okay. it's released by Lions. Great. So watch okay. out for it. It's totally different to this one, but you know, fun. Yeah. Mark's great in it, and you know, it's yes, it's a race through the jungle. Which is, it sounds brilliant. And then because of that, then I suppose Mark and the team said to you, oh, well, would you be interested in the family plan? Okay. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Introducing Batiste's Wet Activated and Touch Activated Dry Shampoo. With breakthrough technology that absorbs oil and releases bursts of fragrance whenever you sweat or touch your hair for up to 24 hours, it's the ultimate hair care for girls on the go. Try the newest dry shampoo that's activated by you. Batiste, the future of hair care is here. Buy Batiste Dry Shampoo online or in store at your nearest retailer. Yeah, so I don't, you know, I wouldn't say I was 
you know, I wasn't a slam dunk, but they certainly invited me to pitch. Mm-hmm. And okay, then again, I I sort of I didn't I didn't have a visual pitch really, but I sort of I was so excited about the film because I really did like it. Yeah, that I that I didn't I didn't I wasn't faking anything. I wasn't sort of blagging the job. I was just going, oh, it's really funny. I love this. I love that. I want this kind of music and so on and so forth. Um. <laughs> And uh, so the, the guys at Skylance went, yeah, okay, all right, you can do it. Wow, wow. How did you get onto the the casting of that after you've got Mark attached? Because, I mean, I mean, Michelle Monaghan is such a – she brings so much sort of charm and warmth that I, f- I feel like that really glues the whole thing together. I'm and really, the kids are brilliant casting as well. I'm really glad you say that because I completely agree with you. She's um, – mm. you know, it's still got these conversations. We, I, all I, I spend an hour saying, oh, everyone was marvellous, and it all sounds a bit like sort of <laughs> yeah, bullshit. Yeah. I know, but yeah. – in this case, they sort of were. Um, but anyway, yeah. But, yeah. Um, we I worked with a casting director called Sheila Jaffe, who'd just done the, the the film I did before, and she was really good. She found some brilliant kids, really great kids. Yeah, kids and then and then sort of Michelle came up, and I I obviously knew who she was, and mm-hmm. fuck, she's great. I spoke to her on the phone and thought she's lovely. Fuck it, yeah, great, and then. When she came, okay, why not? Okay, why not, Michelle? <laughs> Fuck it, Michelle. <laughs> go on, go on, get on, get on, get on board then. Oh, Tell okay. me what the producers did to you. Yeah, they were like, all right, well, all right. <laughs> David sure Ellison do. and Dan the Goldberg going, all right, Simon, we'll give you this one. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah exactly. He's not doing anything then, else. Bless him. <laughs> but she, she, I mean, we, we, you know, we, I knew her work. And I knew she was really good, but she had this. Yeah. What I didn't realize was that she was brilliant at impro and mm. really funny. She had funny bones to her. She was not, well, maybe she was, but she didn't come across. She's worked with Tom Cruise and all sorts of people. So she wasn't, yeah. awesome. you know, she was used to that world. And she was, Mark was very nice to her. She was very nice to him. I think they liked making each other laugh and, and, and messing about. And I think they just clicked and, you know, I've, I've no idea what chemistry is, but they sort of had it, and it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like you say, yeah, yeah. she sort of been, you know, that could have been the sort of wifey role, and there's the movie star, and the yeah. wife laughing at the jokes or whatever. But she yeah. elevated it, so she was like very much co-lead, and mm. in either the driving seat or the front passenger seat all the time, metaphorically. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose. I suppose for me as well, it's 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 the the way that I mean, because it's you know, there's there's comedy moments in the film, but it needs grounding, yes. and I, I think her especially, but also Mark being able to sort of pull off the comedy whilst being very present. Um, I mean, that that was obviously very important to the success and the believability of of the film. Yeah, well, that and that's that's one of his his many talents, and I think the way he works is that. He he very much learns his words and he prepares. He he certainly does that, but he likes to have some kind of fluidity, and I think that helps him keep it fresh and that helps keep it looking natural because that is mm. one thing. One of the things he's really good at is you go well, you know. I don't know how much he gets paid, but he gets, but he look, comes across as just like a normal guy rather mm. than some shit. Yeah, and, and that's that's hard to pull yeah. off. It does. Yes, he does. Um, how much directing? Um, in terms of working with the characters and them, 
do you do it it is that fine balance isn't it because it isn't a drama it's not like you know he's got to get emotional here okay let's pull out this bit it, it, what you know obviously you've worked with brilliant actors over your time and you've pulled amazing performances out with something like this is it a little kind of like let's wind them up and play and see what comes out let them get on there's a it. lot of there's a lot of that i would yeah i mean there was i was like like that i would i would I would push their buttons, but only in a nice way. I wouldn't be, I would try not to be, I mean, all directors are manipulative, I suppose, but I, but, mm. but I, I think, I think what they, you know, they quite liked things being fun. And what my way of directing them was rather than saying, oh, you're feeling really sad at the moment, was, you know, to say, oh, try it like this, try this line. What about this? What happens if you get upset at that, you know, or whatever? And keeping, mm. keeping it slightly different. So I wouldn't say that I, made their performances at all they did but but i just hopefully give them the environment where they go oh i can work like this this is good i, I feel i could do my best work yes uh, very important and and then going on to dom's question again simon sorry it's my fault for moving it on but yeah the rest of the cast you know with maggie q kieran hines are all amazing um johnny coyne who's a british actor as well and i've worked with in the past yes. as well yes yeah um you know how about these guys bringing them on and stuff was it a case of uh, who fits who i don't know talk us through your process there as well yeah i mean it's it's one thing i because one thing i definitely learned on making this movie is that clarity is a really cool thing if 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 you if you know what's going on as, as an audience if you can understand the story understand the emotions understand what a certain character is trying to do it it really helps you forget about stuff and sit back and enjoy the movie. So I think someone like Johnny Coyne, you know, he's funny. He looks interesting. He looks like he's got a bit of a past. He looks like he could be mean, but he could be a sweetheart. Yes. yes. He was a sweetheart. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Kieran Hines is much easier because, you know, he's a fantastic actor. He was in Belfast. He was, yeah. in, you know, he's in hundreds of things. Um, but I think you, you want to have a little bit of character and a little bit of interest but also, you know, get get people to you. You don't want to be too sort of, you know, uh, basic about it. There's a bit of subtlety involved, I suppose. But you really want people to sort of turn up and deliver, and and sort of see in a few moments what their character is thinking. And I think that's that's what I was trying to get, go for a bit. Mm. And it works brilliantly. Um, really does. Let's talk about the action side of it then, mm. because. Uh, you know yeah. big big set piece at the end a big set pieces the whole thing's some amazing set mm. pieces you know the pole vault moment made me howl uh with laughter but the, <laughs> oh that's my, i think it's probably my favorite moment <laughs> it's just hilarious um but just gen- <laughs> <laughs> he's at it again he's at it again damn him it's too good I'm putting him on mute. Please, yes. <laughs> Finally. Um, now, um, yeah, in terms of those big action set pieces then, you know, because this is semi-new to you as well. Obviously, you've worked on massive yes, TV shows is. with amazing action in them, but this might have been a step up. I don't know. It'd be lovely to hear from your side how you approached it, how you approached those type of things as a director. Well, it, it, to be honest, it's a huge step up because in – you know, I've done high-ish end TV, and yes, you do have bits of action, but mm. you absolutely don't have uh, the time or the money. What you what you learn in TV is you have to be inventive and cool and original, mm-hmm. but you don't have, you know, ten days to shoot a car chase. Mm-hmm. You don't have 
a week to shoot a sort of big fight scene in this strange hotel thing. Yeah. Um, it was, it was slightly scary, but it was thrilling. Um, I was working with a stunt coordinator called Sean Graham, who I'd worked with before, mm, who, makes I, a difference. who I'd love. Yeah. Um, I had a yep. great unit director called Scott Rogers, who's who oh, cool. worked on a lot of John Wick and stuff. But, you know, without being mean, I, I want it to be me who's doing it rather than uh, turning up and, mm, uh, totally, and say, I'll oh, thanks, credit. Guys, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. So I got, yeah, you get obsessed and you, you want to have, you know, again, the writer had already mm -hmm. written some cool things in. You know, the writer had written, there's a big fight in the supermarket, which we've all seen, except there's a baby strapped to his chest, mm -hmm. which we definitely haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. um, Until now. You know, or there's, you know, there's there's that sort of stuff. Um, or there's a motorbike chase, but the one of the guys gets seen off by some baby milk being thrown in his face. Yeah, yeah. He didn't milk it either. That <laughs> <day>. <laughs> yeah, that was a good laugh. Actually. One yeah, point for me. <laughs> I don't think he was a baby about it either. Oh yeah, <laughs> he didn't bottle it either. Hey, welcome to the club, Simon. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We've gone to these levels. I know. I don't. I'm, I, I live there sometimes. Did, did you have specific ideas of how you wanted to shoot the action action sequences? As well because i mean i mean how you film it is also kind of quite important in in the style and how engaged the audience are yes. what they're what they're feeling whether it's sort of you know confused anxiety or whether it's like very clear being close to the characters i mean it's, there's some quite important decisions there for action yeah there are and i think you know you wanted to you wanted the audience to feel like they were there because you it's very easy to check out of action mm, especially at the supermarket scene <laughs> but yeah right you know um and you want to uh you you want to have the camera quite near you want to have it feeling like if a punch goes wrong it's going to hit you as an audience member um and I, yeah, yes I, I remember we had a bike chase which was was written was as much shorter and i sort of begged and bullied and shouted and and persuaded uh and indeed was careful how I shot so I could save some money. So we ended up with, with extra time for that bike chase. So it became a bigger thing than it was. There was originally two bikes and then, you know, it was very quick mm -hmm. and it was ended up being really quite expensive and complicated and dangerous and so on. But, mm. uh, you know, it's fun. Well, talk us through how you plan that in terms of, you know, do you sit down and go, okay, well, we we'll want to close for Mark, we we'll want to close for the biker, uh, and then I'm going to do, we'll have another car tracking, you know, with the camera attached to it. You know, we'll do a drone, we'll put a, a camera under the wheels. Is it all these things going yes. through your head and thinking, let me talk to the stunt team and work out what would work? Talk well, us through that. Well, I spent a long, long time with a storyboard artist doing quite a thorough storyboard. And it, things changed a lot, but but a lot of stuff was exactly like it was. Okay, yeah. Um, and that's a very I, – I don't swear by storyboards religiously, but I think they're fantastic for sort of splurting out your ideas. You know, you just – yes. you're with this yeah. guy or this woman or whoever – Who's drawing? And you'll say, "Okay, there's a moon right there," and then you go, no, "Have you finished that? Have you finished that? No, here's the next one. Here's the next one." Exactly. Um, and it, yeah, like a comic book artist. Yeah. You suddenly get that moment of when we were kids reading the Beano or the uh, Commando or whatever these, exactly. and going, "I want to do that." <laughs> you just get to play, but it doesn't mean it works. <laughs> right, but it's, it's, yeah. it's really it's really fun. You know, I would do this. This was my sort of Saturday mornings, where someone would come around to my house and 
I would do, we'd do, you know, 15 sketches. He'd do really basic ones, and then he'd go away and draw them up and send them to me, and I'd go, oh, that's great, if you change this. So I don't, you know, there were probably, you know, uh, 200, 200 drawings in that scene, so it took ages to do. But but then you can, you, the danger is people take it too literally, and they say, oh, yes, well, this bit here, how are we going to do that? You go, well, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that, you know, something like that. And that can be quite dangerous. Mm. Oh, no, we like clarity. Because I'm saying audiences like clarity, but maybe uh, crews like clarity as well. Yes. How much of the actors did their own stunts or elements of stunts? Because uh, obviously there's a lot that they can't do, but, but I'd be quite interested to know how much Michelle and, and Mark especially sort of did of their own their own stuff. Quite a lot, actually. Mm. I mean, Mark, as you know, is famously physically capable. Mm. Uh, I have been to his gym mm-hmm. at four in the morning. I could stress I could not participate. I was there to chat. But they're fucking, you know, <laughs> kind of going fucking, Jesus, guys, it's it's half past four in the morning. What are you doing? That's a bedtime. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. Let's have a drink and go to bed. Exactly. Uh, yeah, there's that time, guys. <laughs> so he's really good. Um, and again, he, he will come in and he'll do anything, but he loves it to be clear and worked out he doesn't want to shoot one shot and then wait an hour and stuff so i tried to get all his stuff together and we've got he had a brilliant um stand-in and stunt double who mm-hmm. would do some of the bigger jumps and things but also would help rehearse and, and they'd work together they'd, they'd plan the fight and then they'd show mark the moves and do a bit of rehearsal and stuff so mark did a lot of a lot of his own stuff he's just you know and also as an audience member you want to see the face yeah. of the person doing it as much as you can. Mm-hmm. You, we, we probably in a few years, you'll, it'll be really easy to completely AI the face onto a stuntman. You can do that, but it's it's expensive and yes. time consuming. And we would only do it for like three frame shots. You'd put someone's face in, so it didn't look stupid. But yes, we're certainly not doing a full CGI thing. Um, and Michelle again, and Maggie Q, particularly Maggie Q, used to. Oh, yeah, I think she used to work with Jackie Chan years ago in Hong Kong, mm. and she's Jesus Christ! I would not get into a fight with that woman. <laughs> she's really cool and really fit, and um, and her and Michelle again. They did, I would say, probably ninety percent of the fights. There was just a couple of hard falls mm. that Michelle right. didn't do, or do, but everything else, the punches, the the good landing on the yeah, ground, boxing stuff um, that felt very real, and and yeah. all the martial arts mm. actually. Yeah, yeah. Which must be nice when you've got actors who can handle that, because therefore you again you can play in that world rather than okay step you out let's bring yeah. in the you know the stunt double and for you that must be great because then because there's a lot of acting there's a lot of comedy within the action yeah which is a wonderful place for you to be if they can deliver because then you're like oh great like you say it's only a couple of hard falls for for uh, Michelle which means it's fantastic for you because you can then go right we've got we can do a close up and she can deliver the line mm. um yeah Fabulous. Exactly, because otherwise you are kind of stepping someone out, aren't you? You're, you're like you're stepping out the the story and the acting and the the character that you're supposed to believe while an action sequence happens, and then you're like flicking back in to try and grab the audience to believe it again. And it's like if, if you can do it all at once, it does create a much deeper level of plausibility to the whole thing. It really does, and and I think you know particularly Maggie and Michelle, you know they were both they were both quite fit, and they they both they both train, um, and I, they, they weren't competitive exactly but i think they both went oh 
oh, I can do that as well. Oh, no, I can do that too. Yeah, you know, so they were, yeah. they were supporting each other, but then they were going, right, but we, we both want to do it ourselves rather than the stunt people were sitting. Oh. She didn't do the, the beer um, the beer thing herself, though. Drinking oh, beer no, upside no. down. Well, she had, she had cables. <laughs> she had cables, yeah. She still did it. She still did it. She still did it. Upside down. That was great. Dedication. Yeah, yeah. But don't tell anybody. Yeah, we, okay, we won't tell anyone. Um, what did you do when you came up against problems, things that didn't work? Because it's great when everything does work, but when things don't work, what should a director do? What worked for you? And over the years, what has worked and hasn't worked? That's a, that is a, a, a great and, and probably quite central question to the whole fucking job. Um, there's a lot of things you can do. First of all, have an idea, any idea, and commit to it, whatever okay, it is, yep, yeah. because, <laughs> because then you're doing something. Yep. And obviously that doesn't work all the way through, but it's often a good little, okay, I'm fucked, I'm fucked, I'm just going to do this that I just thought mm-hmm. of or someone else thought of, and we're going to do it, and that's it. That's the end of the matter. Yes, yes. Um, and I think, you you know, I think what you do is you have, you have a, I'm, I don't want to sound fancy, you have a vision or at least an intention um, but I, I think it's always good to have a couple of not not plan A, B, C, and D, but have a couple of. I know exactly what I want, which I don't always, by the way. But if I do, I know exactly what I want. But if I don't get it, then this could work. And and quite often you go, oh shit, that's actually better than what I was intending. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you go back to the country and you go, oh fuck, that's terrible. Um, yeah. but, uh, but but yeah, always, that's true, isn't it? I suppose you've always got yes. time to fix those problems later and i i really like that bit of advice about you know if you don't know what not to do just commit to something and and do it because sometimes you know if you get fixated on one thing that you don't have the perfect solution to you know then everyone starts to think oh well okay it doesn't know what he's doing in this bit and then you know it's a knock-on effect and sometimes your crew might just understand things in that one tiny moment and because you've sort of instilled vision around the rest of it that will get you through that section and then you can either fix it later or, or carry on and come back to it when you've had that sort of bit of breathing space. So I think it's really good, honest advice. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. The last thing you want to hear when you need your auto insurance most is... Thank you for calling. Please listen to your list of 46 possible service options. Which is why when you choose USAA Auto Insurance, you'll get great service that is easy and reliable. 24-7 online service for claims, access to roadside assistance, and more. All at the touch of a button. Start getting the service you deserve. Get a quote today. Ability to receive a quote depends on membership eligibility. Membership eligibility and product restrictions apply and are subject to change. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates, San Antonio, Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Yeah, it's really true. And one one thing I when I was sort of starting out in TV, a, a mistake I used to make a lot was you go, oh, I want a big crane shot here to open the mm -hmm. scene, which is fair enough and it's often good. Mm -hmm. And then you spend literally half a day doing a crane shot, making it really perfect and intricate. Mm -hmm. Then you get to the cutting room and go, well, it's a bit boring, actually. Yeah. And, and slow, yeah. First 20 seconds mm -hmm. off it, and I could have mm -hmm. had that time back. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, just be, like you say, you, you, it's great to be obsessive and determined about stuff, but but don't don't necessarily be too rigid. I mean, if you're Wes Anderson, maybe, okay, that's fair enough. But, um, sure, yeah. You know, other people, me, certainly, don't be too rigid because – you know, if you've got an actor, might like I tell you. Here's one more trick. Actually, I'll tell you mm. is if something's not working, if you've got an actor like Mark Wahlberg, point the camera at him fairly close, and you'll find. Right. <laughs> um, <Okay>. Great advice. <laughs> yeah. We all work. need to watch Mark Wahlberg. Really expensive yeah. Actor. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, deploy them. Cheap, he's not cheap. Cheap old camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's totally <laughs> exactly. worth it. So, what um, what bad advice have you heard over your time? And you've gone, oh, that doesn't feel right that's not how i work as a director um somebody once told me that you had to sack somebody in the first week which is a oh, sort that, that of urban classic myth. chestnut yeah mm. which i think is bullshit i mean i have had to sack people in the past but it's horrible i hate it um I, yeah it's not cool um, it's hard but yeah. it's yeah and i think you you know um i, th I think what Things have changed a little bit in the last, even, even certainly while I've been doing it, in the last five to ten years. Firstly, things are getting a little bit better for women and diversity and stuff like that. That's by no mm -hmm. means soft, yep. but there are sure. some movement towards that. And there's a couple of really cool, oh, I saw a brilliant film yesterday, two brilliant films yesterday, actually. One was called How to Have Sex. Oh, yeah. Which you should see things, by, yeah. by a youngish yeah. Yeah. director. The other was by another written and directed by another woman, which is really funny, called Bottoms, which is oh, really yeah, I've heard Bottoms. Yeah, like, she's a director of Shiver Baby. Yeah, and she's now that's it. Bottoms. What? Well, yes, yes, it's done really well in America. It's going to do exactly. Really it's well. really yeah. funny. Um, mm. And so, and I think but another thing that I think is a lot of people nowadays trying to have a what they call a no asshole policy, mm. and you know it's. it's it, you don't want everyone to be fake, saccharine, sweet, lovely, but you know, there's 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 less time and willingness to endure dicks these mm. days. Well, that's good. Really, yeah. you know, if I was a dick, people would be less inclined to endure me. Mm. I think, yes, because they, got, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, busy me so, metaphorically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, maybe, maybe I could last a long time. I don't know. <laughs> 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 no but you are absolutely right i mean look we, we we've got this policy as well it's like the no dick policy mm. you know in terms of just in that sense of don't be a dick um and it's it's really important and i think things have changed i think you're totally right in terms of there's just been huge shift I and mean, in the past it kind of felt you know you'd hear about all these directors being dickheads or the actors being yeah. dickheads and it was like the thing to do and you should come in and shout and be a dickhead and it's like no no, you really shouldn't. You don't need to do that. No. Um, and it's great that you're saying that too. Have you seen a big shift in terms of, you know, uh, out of your yeah. career, the time? Have you? Yes, I have. I've, the, the, the shift I've seen most is that people start to say, oh, we can hire women as directors or whatever. Because mm. they were, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I'm obviously got the wrong kind of skin in the game because I am a sort of 
late middle-aged white middle-class white man Mm-hmm. But I do think it's cool. I have to say, and I'm and I'm still working. If I was sort of not working, maybe I'd be sort of bitter and twisted. Mm-hmm. But it is cool, and I've seen some of the best films I've seen this year. There's a, um, uh, I think there's another film by another woman director called Fair Game, which okay. is about mm-hmm. sort of uh, sexual politics in the in the workplace. It's mm-hmm. really good. Right. Really okay. Good. It's like, oh, but the guy <laughs> is. Very threatened his girlfriend. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, know, yeah. we know this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, you should check it out. It's a, it's a really good film. Um, okay. So yeah, there has there's definitely been a change. Mm. Um, and I think it. I, I'm I'm old enough to remember when half the crew would go to the pub at lunchtime and drink three pints of beer, which is would now seem pretty surreal, actually, mm. especially when you think of really people odd now. Yeah, now they drink now they drink four yeah. pints. <laughs> <laughs> have a bit of ketamine as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only way horse trank please uh exactly, in my exactly, lunch yeah. order no. yeah no and it yeah, has to, right. you're right that it just doesn't seem to happen anymore those old sort of school crews who you know there's still always the jaded crews the ones who've been around of course yeah, yeah moody moody and whatever but at the same time i think the whole new wave coming through a, it's it's a very different beast mm. and you can't people just stop working with people who are miserable of me yeah. and rude you just go well yeah. i get calls all the time i'm sure you do simon i know you do dom from people saying what was that person like you mm. work with them yes, we're course. we're honest and we just go yeah. ah, not that one ah, don't do yeah. it right. not that one right. not that yeah. one make your life easier don't work with them mm. exactly yeah. don't work with yeah. them yeah yeah they might someone else might not so... be a skilled but they're nicer and they'll get that skill you can help them it's yeah. fine right yeah that's the, that's the way forward yeah which is good which is really good um yeah, in in what so when scripts come to you then to switch the topic massively, what what like you say you love the family plan when it came to you, you want more of these kind of projects next. What's the plan? What does the family like, plan? As Dom said, yeah. What is the family plan next? Is the two plan? family plan <laughs> two. Can't talk about that yet. I imagine. Yeah. So yeah, I think there should be a family plan too. One one thing okay. I, know, I what everyone quite rightly says that this is a really fun movie, and it absolutely is. But I do think it's got what I wanted it to be is a bit about how this family was a bit of a mess. They mm, were a bit of mm, bit of a yeah. screw up at the beginning. Yeah. And even though there's sort of implausible stories about people being assassins and stuff like that. Yeah. I think the moral is if you kill enough people you can bring your family together. <laughs> they, well that's it. That's it. And you that's, know that's I, a great lesson. Yesterday I started that journey and it's really working. It's a lesson we can all learn. <laughs> no, sorry, oh, sorry, plan. carry on with your with your proper point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure i had one actually um, <laughs> i think it's you know i've i've got kids uh yes, and yep. they find me deeply irritating they think i make dad jokes they kind of they like me sometimes but they don't think i'm cool they think i tell them to get off their phones and stuff like that and they irritate me with their insolence and their rudeness and their refusal to accept my love. Yes, how dare they? I'm amazingly funny. What do you mean? Um, but, <laughs> you know, I, I think that's a, that's a good that's a good thing to 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 sort of make a little snapshot of a family in there, hidden hidden amongst all the the action and the comedy. Yeah, bad guys and stuff. Yeah, like and you have done that because you know it's it is lovely, and you do want them all to get along and be that family unit. It, it's it's a beautiful film, really well done. You know, you should be very oh, proud. Please. I loved yeah. watching it. I thought it was Charming really family. cool, really fun. Charming family film that's beautifully done with some great action and heart in there. So yeah, 
Well done. Not easy. Oh, great. Well, I'm really glad you like it. It's, it's fun talking to you, even though you make a lot of puns. Well, <laughs> I mean, you no might ever said might that. Argue. You might argue it's fun because of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might, you might not. You might argue. You so might not. Just, just to wrap uh, things up, could could you offer some uh, one bit of advice, maybe to younger you or someone trying to break through, um, that you wish you'd known back then? Well, I mean, I think I think it's it's really hard to say that because it's it's in some ways it's it's easier now because everyone has a uh, filmmaking device. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can make a film yeah. in a second. Simon has but, flashed his phone for the record. Think, mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I think it's 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 also much um, harder as well. I think the advice is make a film, whether it is uh, you know getting all your friends and any money you have and spending two weeks making a half hour movie, or make a little animation film, make mm-hmm. a film of your friends sort of climbing. Uh, to the top of a roof and then jumping off, mm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But try and find the story and the character within that and try not to break your leg when you jump off the roof, obviously. Mm. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, make make films. Because anything is... I, was, I, I made a film this morning because my car's got one of those uh, screens with a camera with the reversing light. Yep. I said to my kid, hey, I'm going to make an action movie now. And I just reversed very fast toward a wall and braked. <laughs> and we did the ball and I said that's the movie and it was I love it I love it and he went dad dad no <laughs> he went alright when you watch the family plan I'll be back in your good books I promise yeah. I promise yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, listen this has been really amazing the family plan is out now on Apple TV plus go watch it it is brilliant fun uh, whoever you're with whether it's your family or it's just your friends it is great you're really going to enjoy this movie um, so listen Simon Kathleen Jones thank you yes. so much for your thank time you. really nice to chat pleasure. really good to you guys and, and let's do it again yeah yeah let's I'm now going to go streak down the road with a leak uh, between my legs and go feed the cows <laughs> yes so you just wish just me another day for Giles. <laughs> Live your yeah, best life. Dom's going to feed the pigeon. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know. <laughs> That's the lay of the roost. <laughs> yeah. He's always going to have the last word, doesn't he? <laughs> right? You right? can have one. If you've got, if you've got another last right. one. If you've got one, you've got one. Um, listen, go out there, make your films, make it happen. And if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it is your duty to send the elevator back down. Or the pigeon. Until next Tuesday, take care, everyone. We will see you then. Go make your films. Do it. Take Sam's advice and go out there and make your films. We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.